Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, continuing with our UCP leadership candidate interviews, uh, we're going to chat with Todd Lowen now. Of course, uh, Todd, one of the candidates in the running, one of the... the, Independent candidate. I mean, there's so many going, so many things going on. So let's let's get the latest from Todd, um, Mr. Lowen, Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Hey, thanks, Jay. Happy to be here. Okay, so let's just start. Uh, we had the um, the forum yesterday up in Fort McMurray, and once again, just like this entire campaign, it seems like ultimately it comes back to this issue of the sovereignty act. Does it frustrate you that it seems to be this is where the focus has been for several weeks now, or are you okay with that? Well, you know, I'm I'm okay with it. Actually, I think one of the big issues that's uh, that's came up everywhere I've been is our relationship with Ottawa. <clears throat> so when we uh, when we talk to Albertans and that's what they want to talk about, then I think that's uh, that's fair game. Uh, Albertans are frustrated with Ottawa and their relationship with Ottawa, and uh, that's coming out loud and clear. So discussions on the Sovereignty Act, uh, I think, are fair game. Um, as you know, of course, uh, four of the candidates in this race decided to get together and uh, get on stage and denounce the Sovereignty Act. You weren't there. Were you invited, and why did you decide not to go? Uh, yeah, I was invited, but I didn't want to go. I, I think that was, uh, you know, it basically showed a sign of desperation and disunity uh, showing up at the, that news conference. Uh, there's, I guess, some of the candidates are, are desperate to try to make uh, make an impact, and they have to take a position opposite of, uh, I guess, who they maybe view as the front runner. And uh, but again, that that did nothing for unity in the party, and uh, and I don't think it did anything to uh, to further anybody's cause on on that matter. Um, in terms of uh, the discussion around it, uh, and you mentioned disunity, and I think you know we're certainly seeing that there's a, a group within the candidates uh, that are opposed. There's a group that support, or at least are neutral. Um, in terms of unity, um, are you worried that I mean, it's part of the campaign, right? You're going to have disagreements. Is this does affect unity overall? I mean, the whole point of the process here is to unite, to come together once again as a conservative party in Canada in Alberta. Um, do you feel that that's being hurting anyway? Well, you know, you're right, though. In the end, we all have to come back together on this. And, and there's, uh, you know, there's definitely positions that are being taken, taken in this leadership race that are, you know, that are, you know, people are polar opposites, and that's fine. That's part of the political process. Uh, but, but you're right. In the end, we got to get back together. And I say, I think there's, uh, that there's no problem there. I, I think everybody's committed to come back together. I think there's one candidate that's, that suggested that if he doesn't win, that he may not, uh, may not run again. But other than that, the rest of the candidates seem to be willing to, uh, move forward with whatever the, the uh, members of the party decide. And, and that, and I mean, goes without saying then that you're planning to run again as a member of the UCP, right? That's, that's the plan that you have, whether you win the leadership or not. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, outside of this issue of sovereignty and uh, the relationship with Ottawa, what are you hearing from people? I- I've been hearing a lot about health care. Um, has that been something that's coming up uh, when you talk to people? Is that something that's important? 
Yes, absolutely. It's uh, it's one of the main things uh, that, that comes up at every uh, event that I go to. People are concerned about health care. They're concerned about AHS. They're concerned about uh, having a family doctor, keeping uh, emergency yeah. rooms open in rural Alberta. Uh, all those things that they're concerned about, concerned about AHS and its performance over the last 13 years. So, I mean, there's a number of different things there. Uh, just let me ask. We, I mean, I'm sure you've heard the horror stories. We've all seen them. They're in the news, it seems like, every day. Uh, this patient waiting for this, this person waiting for an ambulance. It goes on and on and on, right from you know every aspect of healthcare. What's the fix? What what what's Todd Lowing proposing so that um, you know if I need an ambulance this weekend, one's available? Well, I think one of the problems we have is we've had 13 years of uh, centralized decision making from AHS, and that's been uh, that's proved to have been a failure. Uh, we, we need to go back to more local and regional decision making. That that's uh, that's one solution. But again, we, we have a shortage of healthcare professionals in Alberta and we have our, our post-secondary education system is not producing the people that we need to, to uh, provide the services needed for Albertans. And uh, so that's another failure that needs to be fixed. When you take a look at AHS, I mean, how many more times are we going to do deep dives into AHS? How many more millions of dollars are we going to spend analyzing AHS? I mean, the Kenny government did one two years ago that came back and said, you know what, the bureaucracy is really not all that out of line. It sort of lines up with, I mean, we, we keep hearing that. We we keep getting fingers pointed at AHS, but it's a creation of the government. That's why it's there. I mean, how do we fix that if, if we just are the ones that keep bringing it in and, and doing all these investigations that come back and say, you know what, it's really not the problem? Well, when we look at our, our system uh, compared to other jurisdictions that have socialized health care, uh, our spending is near the top, our results are near the bottom. Yeah, for so sure. That points immediately to to the fact that there's something wrong. And uh, so doing all these studies and everything, uh, you're right, haven't been productive. Uh, they haven't got the results that we want and, and haven't shown what we need to do. Uh, we need to talk to our healthcare professionals on the front lines. Uh, when I'm talking to Albertans, uh, when, I'm, when I talk about what needs to be done with AHS as far as gutting it and, and going back to regional decision-making, the biggest cheers that I hear in the crowd are from healthcare professionals themselves. So they know the, the problems, they see the problems, and they're, they're as, frustrated, uh, as frustrated or more than Albertans are. Yeah, Todd, you're absolutely right. I hear that from listeners all the time. I agree with you. They always talk about the bureaucracy and the number of managers and the way AHS runs things. And uh, so there's no doubt an appetite for looking into that. The question, though, is, I mean, that doesn't help me this weekend. That doesn't help me probably in six months or a year or two years. Um, and I think that's what Albertans are really worried about. What do we do now so we don't have people lying on the floor in the garage at the Miz or the kid lying on the ice at the ring? in Calgary because an ambulance isn't available. I mean, what do we do now where people are really suffering? Yeah, you know, and, and there's, a, there's some things we can do now, but there is a lot of things that are going to take a long time to fix. Uh, but we need to start on both now. We, we can't kick the can down the road anymore. We have to start immediately. When we see the uh, the ambulances showing up at hospitals and then uh, the ambulance personnel have to sit in the hospital yeah. all day long uh, to be able to p- pass on a patient, I mean, that's, that's unacceptable. That needs to be changed, and we need to be able to... Uh, uh, get get some of these these fixes right away. Uh, we have uh, healthcare professionals that are trying to uh, come into Alberta and want to work, but we have a convoluted, time-consuming, expensive process to get them uh, here, and and that needs to change too. We have students, uh, our own uh, Alberta-raised students that uh, couldn't get into colleges and universities here uh, to become healthcare professionals that are traveling around the world to get their education or choosing just a different career altogether, which isn't helpful either. 
but they, they go through that same process as immigrants that when they come back to Alberta and want to practice, that they have this uh, this process that takes too long and, uh, and basically encourages them to go elsewhere where they can go to work right away. Um, we know, of course, uh, within the UCP, there's a number of different voices and perspectives and views. And we've, you know, I mean, that's how we got into this situation. And we've seen them all expressed uh, throughout the course of the campaign. As leader, if Todd Lowen becomes leader of the UCP, how do you make sure, I mean, as you know, the, the party didn't do the job with you and Leela here was stripped of her. I mean, all a number of the leadership people are no longer, you know, within caucus or within cabinet because of disagreements with uh, the current premier. So if, if you become leader, how do you manage to have the voices heard, feel like they've been heard, be part of the process, but at the same time, keep everybody together? What fell apart um, with the current government? I think one of the one of the problems is we had a leadership style that was uh, top down. Uh, it was uh, kind of a, a basically a one man show or a very small group that uh, made all the decisions, and they uh, they failed to listen to uh, MLAs and caucus. For instance, MLAs are elected by the people of Alberta to represent them in government and in caucus. And if you're not listening to caucus, you're not listening to Albertans. And uh, and that's that was the, one of the biggest failures right there. If we look at uh, previous leaders and what they did and how they handled caucus, uh, we see this substantial difference as far as trying to get caucus on side and listening to caucus and actually having uh, uh, caucus having meaningful input in uh, government direction. Uh, that's what's failed and I, I believe that a lot of unity could be brought back uh, to the party and to the caucus just by being able to listen and having people be able to express their views and, and have meaningful input, not just uh, not just words, but actually meaningful input on uh, on the on what happens in government. Uh, Mr. Lawn, I thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time.